Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 22 of All This and World War II. This page concludes Chapter 3, Trial by Combat, in which our heroes finally discover why they've been summoned to New Mexico via Parcel Delivering Ninja, given a needless tour of top-secret facilities, and finally herded into the, quote, main testing floor. That reason is the Cavalier Infantry Support System, which is a giant robot designed for military applications, but secondarily designed to help domestic law enforcement fight super beings. One feels that perhaps this mission creep is because it turns out that this giant robot's armor is somehow completely useless against guns, making it precisely as invincible as a large naked man on the battlefield. But its armor is really good against all the weirdo kinds of attacks that superheroes use. So let's take it into the cities and sick it on the superheroes, why not? Our heroes are here to engage in mock combat against the Cavalier to see how it holds up against actual superpowered foes. So that is where we begin our scene. The heroes are arrayed against the giant robot. The robot, Nick Fury assures us, has been set to non-lethal, so there is no possible way that the heroes can be badly hurt in this encounter, no matter how much the Cavalier riddles them with lasers, electrocutes them, stomps them, etc. Despite his assurances that this will all be non-lethal, and the robot is thoroughly programmed not to attack anyone but its designated targets, Nick Fury scoots off to an enclosed observation area off to the side to take notes on his notepad. And by notepad, I mean notepad. This is 1989, and we conduct field testing of military weapons by having a man in an eye patch try to write down everything he sees in pencil on lined paper. So, the battle begins. As described yesterday, Cavalier is pretty formidable against superheroes, at least when those superheroes use superhero tactics. If one of the heroes in the group has a gun, or a grenade, or a bayonet, things will not go well for the Cavalier. But assuming that they fight like superheroes, this should be a pretty rough fight. Fortunately, the Cavalier is not yet complete. It's just a prototype, so it does have a weakness. It's got this faulty panel on it, and the first time that the heroes score a stun result against the robot, the panel will pop off. That's going to expose some wires, and any energy attack that causes at least excellent damage to the wires will short out the whole robot, incapacitating it at once. Just to clarify, when I say stun result, a quick primer on how the system works. The Marvel Super Heroes RPG uses a chart-based resolution system. There's a big chart on the back of the book, sort of looks like uh, a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet with the little cells, and the cells are color-coded. You find your result on the percentile die, which is a row on the chart, and you compare that to your rank in whatever ability or power you're using. That's a column on the chart. And wherever they intersect, the box there is going to be white, green, yellow, or red, with white being worst, red being best, and the precise effects of each color depending upon what kind of ability you're using. So for example, if you're the thing, Ben Grimm, and you can lift 10 tons, and you punch an evil scientist in the head and get a red result, that evil scientist will probably be KO'd. On the other hand, if you are a regular person with a knife, and you stab an evil scientist, and you get a red result, the evil scientist may well die. Because we've made the agreement in comic books that if you punch someone, even if you punch them with the force of a hydraulic press, they just sort of bloodlessly faint. But if you pull out a switchblade, shit just got serious, somebody could get hurt. A stun result is one that takes somebody out of the fight for a long time. That's like a KO. 
they might just be staggered for a round, or they might be fully unconscious for 10 rounds. But in any case, you incapacitate them at least temporarily. That's what they mean when they say a stun result on Cavalier makes the panel pop off. It's just a little bone to throw to the player characters, so that if it turns out you've got a mix of heroes who can't do very much against the Cavalier, if they do what they're best at and they keep doing it, hopefully they'll eventually get a stun result, and that's going to expose some wires, and they get a little shortcut to beating the robot. However, it may not come to that. For a mere two rounds after this combat begins, six gun-wielding men in lab coats enter the testing floor mid-combat, panic, pull out submachine guns, and open fire on our heroes. Now our heroes are in real peril. Unlike the Cavalier, these submachine guns do not have their dials turned to non-lethal. These are regular kill-you-dead bullets, not robot-fun-and-games bullets. However, speaking of robot-fun-and-games, they do continue, even as the heroes are being attacked by the lab coat-wearing goons, because the legend of S.H.I.E.L.D., the master of spycraft, the hero of World War II, Nick Fury, sets the fucking remote control down on the ground and runs into the fight to help you, leaving the robot set to destroy all superheroes mode. This is the dumbest thing in this page. This cigar-chomping, bad-breath motherfucker, after decades of experience, after bringing you here and assuring you of your safety, even as you fight a giant robot, he's holding the remote control for the robot. You are attacked by gunmen. He just sets the remote control down and runs over to help you with his little needle gun, which is his signature weapon. In World War II, he was allowed to use a real gun. But now, in the modern era, he wears a blue jumpsuit, which technically makes him a superhero, which means he can't use regular, effective guns. It's in the Geneva Convention. If you wear bright primary colors, you're not allowed to use grown-up guns. Now, this may seem brave on Colonel Fury's part, but remember, the robot only attacks its designated targets. It's not going to fight Nick Fury. It's going to fight you. So Nick Fury is in no danger here. The robot is going to fight the heroes and only the heroes while all this is going on. Admittedly, this does create a situation where if one of the heroes notices that the remote control is lying there, they can rush over to it, make a reason roll to figure out how it works, and then use it to redirect the robots at the gunman. That's very comic booky, and it rewards a character with high intelligence. You know, it's something for your techie to do in this scenario. I appreciate the thought. It's a good angle to add to this encounter. But I can't accept setting it up by having Nick Fury, of all people, make this kind of an error in a life-or-death situation. Nick Fury was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. for almost its entire history until it was dissolved like two months ago. If he had a habit of leaving potentially fatal machines running when he was distracted, he would have been fired by now. I mean, this motherfucker used to work on a helicarrier. This isn't like forgetting to turn off the TV when you leave the house. The stakes are very high. Or at least they would be if things were allowed to have stakes in this module. Quote, Fury and the heroes shouldn't really have a problem defeating the commandos. If things start to go against the heroes, you can have a squadron of base security officers arrive. They heard all the commotion and join in on their side. Once the battle is over, the heroes will probably want to search the intruders. If necessary, Fury will suggest it. So nice little bow on that at the end. Despite Fury's totally ridiculous tactical error, which we need to set up a situation where the tech guy on the team can look useful, regardless of how that goes down, regardless of anything that happens, the heroes and Nick Fury should have no problem taking down these gunmen. If they do have a problem, just throw good guy mooks at the scene until the good guys win. Then the good guys will probably want to search the unconscious intruders. And if they don't think of doing that, Nick Fury will tell them to do it. Because as the hall monitor of this adventure, his job is to make sure that the protagonists always do exactly what they're supposed to do at all times. So anyway, one way or another, willingly or kicking and screaming, you search the intruders. Quote, under their lab coats, each of the commandos wears a jet black uniform. Located on each side of the collar of these uniforms is a badge featuring a mysterious blue skull and crossbones. It then says, quote, other than their weaponry, 
which anyone with the military talent can recognize as German World War II vintage, the commandos have only one other possession, the microscanner tool. And this was described earlier. A lot of the material on this page is actually um, stuff that I'm not going to talk about because it's like secret behind the plot stuff about what's going on. And believe me, we're going to get to it later because if I were allowed to talk about it today, it would be the dumbest thing on this page, no question. But we'll get to it. When the characters figure out what the fuck is happening here and I'm allowed to talk to you, the listener, about it, we're going to be doing some time traveling ourselves and circling back on this material because it is my god. Anyway, what we have here are a bunch of commandos in leather jumpsuits and lab coats carrying vintage World War II era German firearms. Each of them is wearing a mysterious blue skull and crossbones pin, and one of them has a little micro scanner tool which has the insignia of the New Mexico base on it. You know, the insignia of the stylized eagle wearing Groucho glasses and a fake mustache. The insignia of not quite S.H.I.E.L.D. This agency totally isn't S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. was disbanded. But whatever agency is running this test, their highly recognizable insignia is on this microscanner tool. If the heroes ask Nick Fury whether he recognizes these little uh, blue crossbones pins, he doesn't. And it says, quote, Fury knows that the commando's weapons are German World War II issue, but he won't even bother to tell the heroes unless asked. Thanks a lot, Nick Fury. The dumbest thing in this page is Nick Fury, or rather the portrayal of Nick Fury. You can have him be hyper-competent and always one step ahead of the player characters within reason. I'll accept that. He's Nick Fury. Or you can have him be a guy who's in over his head when it comes to this superhero stuff, such that the superheroes who have much less experience and are less sort of gritty and cynical nonetheless have something to contribute. They're the ones who are experts on things like time travel, super robots, using cosmic powers to see through lead foil, etc., You can't have him be both, depending on which you need in a given scene. Because here's the thing. At the end of the scene, quote, After the commandos are subdued, base security will take them away to the brig, located near the security office. Just before the soldiers are taken away, Cooper, Casey, Kruptman, and just about everyone else in the base will show up, hoping to find out what is happening. Great, nice base security there. After an attack by gunmen, the top-secret testing floor containing a theoretically invincible super tank is just left wide fucking open. It's open house on the main testing floor after an active shooter alert. Quote, Fury will then ask the heroes to begin investigating the break-in while he heads to his office to see what he can learn from Central HQ. So he asks the heroes to investigate. For him not to mention that these weapons are World War II-era German armaments, like seemingly plucked from the past based on their condition, for him to notice that but not tell the heroes is highly dubious, and it is unforgivable that he lets a robot tank continue to fire lasers at them while he's theoretically trying to help them. For him to just drop that remote control, absurd. Absurd beyond the bounds of comic book logic. But anyway, that's what happened. No use fighting it, which is a refrain that will return again and again in this module. It happened, there's no use fighting it, time to move on. And for the first time, our heroes have options about how to proceed. Quote, if the players want to go participate in the commando's interrogation, proceed to chapter four. If the players decide to look into the commando's skull and crossbones badge, go to chapter five. And if the players want to go outside and investigate the perimeter looking for clues as to how the commandos gained entry, go to chapter six. It also says the players might want to go check out this micro scanner thing, since it has the world famous not quite shield insignia on it. So it's a very obvious clue that it's from somewhere in the base. But bad news. Everything is locked down for the next 30 minutes, except apparently the top secret testing facility where the shooting actually happened. Uh, Everything else is closed down for 30 minutes. So no investigating that yet. Go do other scenes first, heroes. Now we're going to proceed through the book in order, even though this is a branching path. And that's why we came up with superhero teams earlier on. I think given these options, Ford's Furies 
are the ones who are going to want to participate in the interrogation. They're used to being the authorities. They're used to being the government in some situations. So it makes sense that they'd want to go try their hands at interrogating these intruders. The secret Zoomers, being the more anti-authority team, I think will take the more independent route and go try to investigate these skull and crossbone badges on their own, using their own resources. And that leaves the Misfits to go check out the perimeter of the base and try to figure out how these intruders got in. The first thing we're going to do is follow Ford's Furies to the interrogation. But before that, join me tomorrow for a full-page illustration of the Cavalier robot facing six of Earth's mightiest heroes, the intruders in lab coats, on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.